Welcome to Envision's podcast, The XCast, where we help brands navigate audience engagement in times of change. I'm Jude Bronstein, an executive producer of Integrated Engagements here at Envision, and I'm delighted to be part of this discussion. 2022 was a year a lot of companies came back to in-person and hybrid programs. Many companies picked up where they left off before the pandemic, reconvening their user community in one location, albeit with smaller audiences. However, ServiceNow used the opportunity of a two-year pause and took a different approach. Rather than bringing their user community to a single location, they took their user program on the road. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Nellie Greeley. Nellie is a Senior Director, Strategic Events at ServiceNow, and the driving force behind the strategy and delivery of ServiceNow's user program, Knowledge. Welcome, Nellie. Thanks, Jude. It's lovely to be here with you. Let's start with a bit about Knowledge. What are the objectives of Knowledge? Who attends? And how many? Yeah, thanks. Um, and, you know, uh, you credited me a minute ago with being the driving force behind knowledge. Um, and that's super flattering, but um, it's, I'm not sure it's true. Um, you know, one of the, one of the greatest, worst, and one of the greatest things about knowledge is that, you know, that it takes a village uh, to make something like that successful. And so it takes the entire company to bring that show to life. And, you know, our job as a strategic events team is to shepherd, to steward, to caretake, and get it across the finish line in a way that is really impactful. So I appreciate the compliment, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I uh, let that go without shouting out to all the other people who make this event possible. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, uh, Knowledge got its start in 2006, 16 years ago, um, because customers came together to make it possible. Uh, early customers wanted to know, um, you know, what they they wanted to share what they didn't know about ServiceNow, what they were learning about ServiceNow and find out more about how they could leverage ServiceNow to be successful. So it was all about learning and sharing, hence the name knowledge. And at its core, you know, knowledge is still very much focused on that concept of shared learning, uh, on customers sharing stories, stories about success, stories about best practices, stories about lessons learned, and you know, stories about what the future looks like um, or what they'd like it to be. And yes, um, customers come to knowledge to hear from ServiceNow also about our vision, um, innovations for the future and how we're delivering on our promise to make the world work better. But it's that customer to customer connection that is still the primary yeah. driver um, for attending, right? And you asked about uh, objectives, and fundamentally, we like to look at knowledge as a celebration, a big one, <laughs> but <laughs> a celebration of our customers and a celebration that you know shines a light on those shared moments of learning, shines a light on customers who are doing incredible things with our technology um, and celebrating knowledge, the sharing of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, um, what's possible uh, when we all come together with, you know, sort of a shared vision um, and a shared purpose. And, you know, making sure that our customers are able to share with each other how they're making their employees, their customers, their communities, you know, work better um, by leveraging service now. Uh, and that feels like a privilege, an honor, and um, we're always super excited to see them in the spotlight. Lovely. That's great. And, and 16 years is a really 
really long run for a, for a conference like this. How has the program changed over the last few years, particularly or generally over the last sixteen? Yeah, um, you know, not only has the event changed, but ServiceNow has changed. Um, you know, we're thinking about as we look to return to a big marquee show in Vegas in May of 2023. And the last time we did that was 2019. We're not the same company we were in 2019. Yeah. The world isn't the same place, right? And, you know, like it did with everything else, the pandemic forced some changes on the on the program, right? The most significant being that we had to shift completely from uh, in-person to digital only. And that lasted for two years. And I think that, you know, even though that we weren't able to connect with our customers in person um, and we had to go to them via a digital format, which is tough, right? It's hard to... Mm-hmm connect. It's hard to create moments of connection and network in a digital way in the same way that you can do in person. But I think what we found um, just based on the volume of people that turned out for those digital experiences is that, that that energy, that connection, that desire to come together as a community was still very much there. Right. And um, yes, it was a trade-off. Um, we weren't able to see each other in person, but we still wanted to be together and customers still wanted to be together. And you hear grumbles in the industry about all the challenges with an online format and, you know, digital fatigue is real. Right. But I think when you have that foundation of a shared passion and a shared vision of the future, that it's pretty easy to overcome those challenges and focus on the value of being together whether that's in person or online or some combination of the two. Yeah, exactly. And, and and to that point then, when you when you and your team decided to to take this the the show on the road and and you went to New York, Las Vegas, The Hague, Sydney, what 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 was the reason for for that and engaging the local communities in that way? Yeah, um well, I think when it became clear that COVID restrictions were lifting enough globally to make it possible to return to in-person events, which was super exciting. Uh, Our leadership made, um, well, they were really mindful that uh, even though those restrictions were lifting, that not everybody would be comfortable traveling. Um, You know, we'd been in forced isolation for a couple of years and (laughs) I wasn't super keen necessarily on getting back on an airplane um, and um, getting back out into the world in that way when there was still so much unknown about, you know, the lingering impact of COVID and all that. Um, but also travel budgets weren't what they were um, yeah. prior to COVID. You know, a lot of companies saved a lot of money by not sending people on the road. And not only that, but um, companies drastically reduced their carbon footprints incredibly um, by not having people on the road. And so that was a hurdle to overcome, right? Um And so rather than expect that global customer community to just hop on a plane and come see us in one location, leadership decided to, we should go to them, right? We should put our team on the road, leverage our local resources uh, and go to where our customers are. And we did that in four cities around the world uh, in May, The Hague in the Netherlands, New York City, Sydney, Australia, and Las Vegas. And then the goal is to kind of surround those in-person experiences with a digital supplement um, that would bring the spirit and the promise and the value of knowledge to the entire global community, whether they were in person or online. 
Nice. And and then, so when you decided to go to those four locations and, and engage those regional audiences, how did you balance delivering the consistent message across all geos whilst also localizing the experience? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, because one of our goals as a company is to just be really super consistent in how we go to market. We don't have a brand in the US and one in Europe. You know, we have one, we have one brand promise. And so um, the goal was really to fundamentally get back to what the what the real value of the show was. And it, it goes back to connecting customers with other customers. And while everybody can be inspired by a big brand name, customers really want to hear from customers in their own region or area. Uh, you know, companies who are dealing with the same microeconomic challenges or the same local you know, regulatory headwinds, uh, and they want to build and extend their local networks. That's not always possible if you have to travel internationally. Um, you know, you're going to run into customers you may never see again. And so it's also then about making sure that all aspects of the show resonate with that local audience so that it feels, um, Jude, for example, like a European event or an Australian event versus just a transplanted U.S. event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that, you know, um, that's reflected in the, the people that are put on stage. Um, you know, it's not all American voices. It's European accents. Um, it's a global community, um, you know, bringing this content to life. And it's also about honoring the, the local culture and where we find ourselves. You know, for example, in Sydney, we opened knowledge with a Welcome to Country production to honor the local Aboriginal culture and to celebrate them. And that's a very standard part of how events go to market in that part of the world. And it was completely unique to the Sydney event and felt very authentic then to that audience, right? Because we were honoring, um, you know, the land that we were standing on um, and the gift of that land from the Aboriginal culture. And that was a really powerful moment in the show as well. And so I think while the overall structure um, and the, you know, key service now messages remain consistent from city to city, what makes those you know, individual local shows so successful is to anchor on those local customer stories, but you know, also be inspired by and honor the local culture, the food, the local music, um, and really pay homage to the place where we find ourselves. That makes so so much sense, and and I saw the the welcome to country. It really was beautiful, and uh, you really did have a sense of that you were standing on a hollowed ground of the of the Aboriginal ancestors. So it was lovely. The the notion of going yeah, to I've got, I got goosebumps right now just thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the notion of going to where your audience is makes a whole lot of sense, particularly, as you said, where people are reluctant, still a little bit reluctant to, to travel, travel budgets are not back to where they once were. But did it make financial sense for ServiceNow to produce this type of a show? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> so, you know, the, the math, the math is easy or, or hard, I think, depending on how you look at it. Um, but, you know, a single show is always going to have more economies of scale than four, right? Yeah. Um, you build one keynote theater, one show floor versus four. Um, but I think it forced us to, uh, to pay attention to how we right size the experience. So, uh, you know, when we chose the four cities, it was about density of 
customers within that geographic area and then being able to right size the experience. And so, you know, that resulted in some of the shows being larger than others. Um, and our, it's funny, our show in The Hague, uh, you know, it was the first large show in that part of the world in the Netherlands since 2019. And we sold out, we actually sold it out. And it was incredibly exciting. And, um, you know, we were a little surprised because it's hard to, it was really hard to predict who was going to come out because, you know, we're no longer enticing people away from a few days in the office. You know, COVID has changed yeah. the way we work. We're asking people to leave their homes and their families to come see us. And that's a much harder sell. And so we learned a ton about uh, where our customers want to engage and how. And um, the response from customers globally was pretty phenomenal. Um, there was a lot of appreciation for bringing the show to them, for not forcing them to travel. Um, and so, you know, in at the end of the day, the, the strategy and the investment uh, really paid off. Uh, we got the best of both worlds. Not, you know, um, we had a knowledge to meet customers where they were in those mm -hmm. four cities, but also a knowledge, the online experience to meet customers wherever they happened to be. Um, and although we'll be moving back to a larger global show, um, we will still anchor on that ability to bring knowledge to folks wherever they are. Um, and so, like I said, I think the strategy and the investment paid off, um, but, you know, make no mistake, um, it's always more expensive to do something four times than doing it once. Absolutely. And, and you, you, or you answered my next question, which was going to be, uh, uh, do you plan on continuing this model? So you've already said that 2023 was going to be a single, single um, uh, program. What, what was the decision behind that? What, why bring it back? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's a really good question. Um, we're hearing from customers and from our partners in the industry, and we're also watching what's happening with other tech events globally. And we're, we're getting back to not, um, sorry, let me say that a little differently. Um, nobody wants to go back, right? Um, we don't want to go back to 2019. Um, mm -hmm. We're not the same company we were. But um, you know, being able to get our entire customer community together, there's power in that, right? There's heft in that. There's energy and excitement. And we want to celebrate that customer community in a way that showcases the impact of that instead of doing the smaller isolated shows. Make no mistake, we will actually still be out in the world bringing content to customers in every market that we're in. Um, but knowledge is about celebrating the community and what we're hearing from our customers, from our partners, um, from our um, vendor partners in the industry is that people are ready to get back to that, to come back together in a way that is um, more global in nature and you know create more of that excitement as a large community. So uh, it's, it's a little daunting, but it's also super exciting. Um, and again, there's a there's that it's a little more cost efficient to do it once than do it four times, but that's not the primary driver for sure. And it's true what you say, you know, people are, we've been doing a lot of, this has been a year of coming back coming back in person mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. are really, really excited to yeah. um, be back together and face to face. And um, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to be back doing that as well. Um, yeah. Were there other, any other key learnings that came out of this that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, from the, um, 
from my perspective, uh, you know, we had a lot of great things uh, to choose from in terms of what did we learn. Um, and I think, you know, first one would be that, uh, you know, we need to listen to our customers and get super dialed into what it is that they need and want and expect from these types of experiences uh, is critical. And, mm-hmm. you know, doing the right thing for customers is always going to mean doing the right thing for the business. You know, if you're taking care of our customers, everything else kind of takes care of itself. And, you know, as I said before, um, we're not asking people to spend time away from home or spend time away from their office. We're asking them to you know, leave their home and their families and the payoff for that has to be super, super worth it. And second, I would say it's about continuing to focus on innovation, you know, events, experiences like knowledge. Um, it's really easy to fall into uh, well, we did that last year. We can do that again. Um, right. Dusting yeah. off the experience and, you know, but we can and should be fresh every year, you know, farm to table. Um, if that's such a thing in the event space. And um, I know that sounds so stupid. But, um, it, no, you know, no, it really, it's good. <laughs> it paints a pretty good picture, right? Um, it does. Keeping um, keeping our empathy for what our customers are going through and making their challenges our own and using everything in uh, our arsenal to, you know, help kind of guide them and position them for a better future. And then the last um, key learning, and this is, um, you maybe get a different answer if you ask someone else, but for me, I would say, you know, um, never underestimate the wonder twin powers of joy and fun. Um, You know, just because something is a work-related event doesn't mean it can't touch your heart or tickle your funny bone, you know? Um, And I think if we're not sending customers on their way with, a head full of knowledge and, you know, pocketfuls, heartfuls of memory and a smile on their face. We're doing it wrong. I, um, I love that. And I think this is where we will end it. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I'd like, what a perfect ending. So oh, on nice. that note, <laughs> Nellie, thank you so much for your time and for joining us at the XCast. And thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to join us for the next podcast episode, which is coming soon. Until then, cheers. Thank you.